0: Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting His kingdom. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 1045 a.m. Today's message is, Come Out of Darkness. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. All right. Easter's a great Sunday. It's an exciting Sunday. You know, and I I want to uh, get a little bit of interaction. One of the things that would happen uh, back in the early church, there's evidence of this back in the early church, that uh, one of the ways that people would identify themselves as Christians, because depending on the time in history, that wasn't always a safe thing to do, and uh, they would uh, say, uh, he is risen. And if the person responded, he is risen indeed, then they knew that they were speaking the same language right? And, uh, and so, uh, especially on Easter morning, that's how they would greet people, is He is risen, and then it would r- be returned, He is risen indeed. So, we're going to try that, and so I want you to respond back with He is risen indeed. So, if someone came up to you on this morning and said, He is risen, you would say, He is risen indeed. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. indeed, that's right. And that is a truth That we should take with us each and every day. The truth that he is risen. That he is risen indeed. In Luke uh, chapter 24 verses 1 through 12. This is on page 737 in your chair Bibles. Uh, Those Bibles you can uh, take with you if you would like. Um, Or if you know someone who needs one. uh, Feel free to to take them with you. But this is just um, one of the accounts is the account in Luke Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. (laughs) Yeah, it would. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. You know, I, I love the honesty of the Bible. And, you know, just the, the, the true human emotions. Because again, now some 2,000 years later, we kind of, this is a, a sacred event. And sometimes we forget that it really did happen. Like there were people that were experiencing this in real time. They weren't reading about it, right? I mean, just imagine one being the women going to the tomb. And for some reason it's open, but there's no body. And just the, the heartbreak that that would be. And just how difficult that would be. And then all of a sudden these angels are speaking to you and they're saying that Jesus is alive. But it's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean he was alive? I saw him die. I saw him breathe his last. People don't come back from the grave. Jesus raised people, but, but they killed Jesus. And then, of course, they go and they tell the, the apostles. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we can take this too far, but of course the apostles didn't believe him. And it wasn't because they were women. It was because what they were saying was crazy, right? It didn't make that wouldn't make sense. And so Peter, of course Peter, runs and we know that he goes in and he sees the linen that Jesus had been wrapped in. And it's just there, it's left behind. And then Peter walks away wondering what has happened. Right? And you know, he knew the truth, even then. He knew what Jesus had said, but it hadn't registered with him. Right? He was still processing this. Figuring out, well, what does this mean? What does this mean for me now? But you know, he left the tomb. And a few weeks later, he would see Jesus. After seeing Jesus numerous times and experiencing the Holy Spirit, he would lead this group of men and women to change the world. I think sometimes we uh, are like Peter and can kind of be left wondering, what does this really all mean? Right? We know the, we know the doctrine. I'm gonna say most people in here, you know the doctrine. Jesus lived, he died for you, that paid for your sins, so now you can live with him forever. Right? Okay, great. But what now? What does that mean? I don't know if you remember getting your first smartphone. Anybody remember getting their first technically smartphone? Yeah. Anyone still have flip phone in here? (laughs) Oh man, I I knew we'd have. Sometimes I wish still had a flip phone, right? But even flip phones are unbelievable the technological advance, right? But I can remember getting my first smartphone, and you're kind of looking at it, and I still have no idea how it works. I don't know how the old rotary phone works. Like, I mean, be honest. How in the world do you speak into something and it takes your voice waves and carried them across wires in that time, which that's just ancient technology, but it's carried across wires and someone could hear you on the other side. Very few people actually understand how that works. Right. We all pretend we do because we just know it works. Right. Now we have phones. I have no idea how it transmits just through the air, except if you're standing right out here, it doesn't, doesn't transmit. <laughs> but it, but it, it, it's crazy, right? But a, 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 whenever we get the first smartphones came out, it was like, cool, you can talk on these, you can text, and you can use email. And everybody just, whoa. Well, that was just the tip of the iceberg of what that phone could do. The computing power in just those first smartphones were way beyond what most people knew. And even now, if you really are honest with yourself, most of us use our phone at maybe 15% of the capacity that that it has. We're starting to get a little bit better, right, because there's more apps and things like that that we can actually use. But man, we've just barely scratched the surface of what you could do with that if you knew. What it, what all, it, uh, the power that was within that stupid little phone, right? There's more power in it than the computers that sent the first uh, spaceship to the moon. I mean, that's crazy, right? But we just go around, we're like, ah, it does what I need it to do, you know? And we don't really tap into it. In a similar way, I think we take the resurrection and we love what the resurrection means and we, and, and we believe it. And even though we don't understand all of it, but man, we haven't even cracked the surface of what it truly means for our lives. Because too often, what we have relegated the resurrection to is we say, thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins so that I can live with you when I die. That is, that's the afterthought of the resurrection. We are not living in what the resurrection really means And so to understand that, we need to to look what was really happening in this moment. just want you to turn over one page or look on the screen. John chapter 1 does some foreshadowing as he is talking about Jesus entering into the world. But he's also foreshadowing what's going to be coming. It says, "...in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made." Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What Jesus was experiencing, first off, is he was experiencing what darkness truly is. One of the thoughts that has kind of been come, come to my mind this year, Has just been thinking about Easter is the darkness of the tomb and I can just picture them taking Jesus down off the cross and placing him in this cave right and then slowly rolling this huge boulder in front and, and just imagine if you're in that cave and, uh, and it's already, if you've ever been in a cave if you've ever been in the caverns you know, there's a there's a weird feel about it. Right? It can be really cool, but you're always you always like when the tour ends, right? Because it's just it's it's just something different. You're like, man, I don't want to I don't want to be down here all the time. You know, and so so Jesus is in that cave and that stone is rolling and it's getting darker and darker and darker, and the stone falls into its resting place and seals up and it's pitch black. Have you ever been in that kind of darkness? The darkness that never your eyes never adjust to, that's just permanently dark? It's terrifying. You can handle it for a couple of minutes, and that's what they'll do in those caverns. They'll do it for a couple of minutes, but they know. They can't do it for long. It becomes not fun anymore. Jesus was experiencing what darkness was. And we talked about this on Friday. What that darkness entailed. It entailed a whole lot of stuff. If you read through Isaiah chapter, three, uh, chapter 53, as it was kind of looking forward to what Jesus was going to experience, it says that he was despised and he was rejected. Right? Jesus experienced that. Just think, think about those times that you've been despised, that someone's despised you doesn't feel good it puts you it puts you in a place of darkness when you've been rejected for whatever reason for simple things or for serious things you've been stood up at the altar if you've been rejected from a college it doesn't matter if you've, but if you've experienced rejection you know how that can put you in a place Of darkness. Jesus was experiencing that. Those don't have anything to do necessarily with sin. Those are just human things. And he was experiencing that darkness. He was experiencing suffering and he was experiencing pain, both physical and emotional. He was experiencing all that. He was experiencing what it felt like to be separated from God, to have that relationship with God broken. We can't even imagine what that's like. We've gotten really used to just living in a, a semi-broken relationship with God. Right? Because we've sinned, and so it's not perfect. Even though we we now live a new life, even though we've experienced the forgiveness of God, we still live in a relationship that was broken. Right? And it'll never be fully mended until Christ returns again. But Jesus was experiencing for the very first time just the power and the darkness of that broken relationship with him. You know, and then you get into Jesus experiencing what should, should be relegated only to us. Jesus all of a sudden was experiencing the result of our transgressions, of our sin. He was experiencing the guilt that comes with that. He was experiencing just that, that horrible feeling that comes whenever you know that you've done something that you shouldn't do. Right? That can put you into darkness. In fact, the more, you know, the more we sin and as our transgressions build, sometimes the deeper into the darkness we go. He was crushed for our iniquities. That word iniquity is a powerful word. It's a a word about evil. Jesus was experiencing evil. The one who was perfect, the one who had never done anything wrong, the one who was filled with goodness was now enveloped in evil. That's what the darkness was. That's where Jesus was. But something started to happen. Jesus entered into that darkness, into that mess, that all of us know what it's like. Because all of us live in darkness in one way or the other. There's those places deep within within us where we still hold on to rejection, where we still hold on to pain, where we still hold on to suffering. We all know what it's like to be in the darkness. And Jesus does too. But then Jesus did something amazing. And he did something life-giving. And I just want you to picture Jesus. And I doubt it's, this is how it happened. But Jesus gets up on Sunday morning, whenever that may be, and he takes off the says, okay, I'm tired of being a mummy. He puts all those away, and then the stone starts rolling away. Just slowly. And it's still pitch black, right? Can't see anything. But then the streams of light slowly start to come in. And even the the smallest crack seems like a spotlight in the darkness. And then the stone continues to roll, and it rolls, and it rolls, and it rolls. And all of a sudden, light has filled the cave, right? And all of a sudden, from being in darkness, now you are in light. But Jesus didn't stop there. He put aside all of those things that resembled death. He put aside the linen. He put aside all that said. He said, I'm walking away from death. And he walks out into the light. And he brings light into the darkness of the world. And the world will never be the same. There is still darkness. There are still pockets of darkness. But now the light is there to overcome. Because the darkness can never overcome light. You know, I've experienced the cave I've been in the cave. I've been in that place where you, your eyes never adjust because there is no light. You know one thing I've never experienced? Where it's just too bright. There's been times if you ever walk outside after being inside for a long time and your eyes, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even see. But guess what? Give it a couple of minutes and you can. Right? It's never too bright. We've never experienced too bright unless you've traveled to the sun You've never experienced being too bright. You will always adjust to light. There is a darkness that you cannot adjust to. You will always be able to live in the light. That is what Jesus brought us. He brought us a way to live where we no longer have to live in darkness. It's not just about what happens when our journey from this on this earth ends. Listen, I, we need to quit thinking that way. We need to quit presenting the gospel that way because we're missing out on so much of what the resurrection is about. The resurrection is not just about keeping you from hell, right? It is about allowing you to live in the light of life. That is why Jesus came. Did you read John 1.1? He, he is the light, and that light was the life of men, of all mankind. Jesus doesn't want us just to start living for him when we die. He wants us to start experiencing his light now. And what we a lot of times do, we all are going to find ourselves in the cave. We're all going to experience the darkness. I promise you. Jesus promises you that. He said in this world you are going to have trouble. You're going to be in the darkness. Right? You're going to be rejected, you're going to be despised, you're going to sin and deal with the consequences of that. All of that stuff is going to happen. And you're going to be in the darkness. But take heart, I have overcome the world. The light always overcomes the darkness. And what we do a lot of times is we, we are in that tomb and we're in that cave and we see the uh, stone rolled away. So we see light in the cave and we're like, oh, this is pretty good. And then we decide just to stay in the dark crevices of the cave looking at that light and saying, man, I can't wait to experience that. And Jesus is like, well, go and experience it. Walk out. Right? Leave. Get out of the darkness. Allow me, allow my light to fill all the dark places within you. That is how the world was changed. Not because of the promise that people wouldn't go to hell. The world was changed because of the promise of a new life right now in the midst of the darkness. The disciples said, Yes, you are under Roman control. Yes, you are being persecuted. Yes, you're being thrown in jail. Yes, it is difficult, but you live in the light. And people realized, Oh my goodness, I can have joy even in the midst of persecution. Oh my goodness, I can have peace even in the midst of war. And Jesus said, That is why I died, that is why I rose again. Heaven is gravy. And it's great. But man, Jesus created us to live right now. God didn't create us just to live in heaven. No, he created us to live right here. And sin has brought in a whole lot of darkness. And God said, enough of that. I'm going to overcome all that darkness. Are you going to live in the light? We wonder, we look at the world today, and man, we see a lot of darkness. We see a lot of frustration. There's a lot of injustice, as there has been throughout history. And we just say, oh, it's so dark. What are we going to do? Maybe we can elect someone to do something. That is garbage. You know what we can do? We can start living in the light. Because light always overcomes darkness. Now, there are going to be people who choose to stay in the cave. There's people going to be choose to roll the stone back. But you know what? We don't have to be those people. We can be the ones that keep rolling the stone open, saying, no, don't you want to be in the light? But if we're not living in the light, no one else is going to either. Choose to live in the light of Christ. Choose to live in the new life we have in him. We're going to close with just a couple of songs, and we're just going to sing them, and we're going to rejoice, and we're going to celebrate the light we have in him. And I just want you to sing your hearts out because you live in the light. And that doesn't mean that there's not still darkness that gets you down. There is. But, man, you need to give that over to the one who overcomes darkness. And you can celebrate knowing that you don't have to stay in the dark. Live in the light. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to live in your light we thank you that through what you did on that cross, that not only did you provide us a way to live with you forever, but Lord, you provided us a way to live with you here and now, in this very moment. And what I pray that whatever darkness we may be struggling with, whatever darkness we may find ourselves in, that we will open our eyes to the light that overcomes, to the light that that burst forth from that tomb on that first Easter morning and has transformed the world. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the light we have in you. In Jesus' name we ask him. Amen. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We are located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org Or call us at 512-661-8411 That's 512-661-8411 We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.